Hello there, I'm George Hall, and a, a double welcome back. Firstly, welcome back to the Good Growth Podcast, and secondly, welcome back to the second part of our two-part episode with Tim Hutton. This conversation was recorded back in December 2022, and this part sees us discuss mentoring and coaching, and also Tim's expectations and predictions for 2023. Stepping away from GA4 slightly, um, something I know that you're very passionate about is, is coaching and mentoring. Mm. Um, I understand you're a mentor yourself. Love to hear a bit more about that, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. So I've I've been very very fortunate to be be mentored quite well throughout my mm-hmm. career, and I think anyone who gets anywhere needs mentors, sure. whether that's consciously as a line manager or or unconsciously, just even just a friend who's managed a slightly more senior position and tells them how sure. how to do that. And so it's always been quite quite a passion of mine and during during covid for example i reached out to people on linkedin and said you know five minute chat anytime you obviously everyone's at home if you want to talk career you know do and and i've been really fortunate to have a lot of good line managers across my career uh, but also good mentors outside of that so people from completely different industries and learning learning those different things and taking that into into the everyday um and I think that's in terms of e-commerce as well. That that's really relevant. Of, I think one of the things that WineApp we do is we don't just hire exclusively from fashion, okay. and that's we've really seen the benefit of that of people coming in. Of, you know, I did this for you know an airline company or sure. something like that, and this worked really well. How do we adapt that to mm-hmm. fashion? And and I think that's where someone like Good Growth is is so good to work with because you you can take a bike store and say actually look these guys who make kitchens yeah. don't even have an acquisition flow it's just a sign up form but they've done these campaigns why sure. don't you you look at that and 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 that goes into the personal as well of of how do you take rather than just learning everything from the person above you yeah. who's done the same career path how do you take someone who's had a big career change or or um you know has, has taught themselves new skills on the side and take that into your your own career and and I think that's why I quite like being a manager because there's that that opportunity to help people get better, and therefore feeding that into into mentoring has been been really important. Uh, and I've been really lucky to be on the the multiverse mentoring scheme. Okay. So uh, they're an edtech uh, startup, or I guess scale up at, mm-hmm. at this point, and that was a really really good good thing to be involved in working with data apprentices, apprentices um, going through. I had a few who are very early stage in their career. Sure. And being able to help mentor and push, and, and seeing one of them have a big career change and influencing that was, was yeah, really really good to be involved yeah. in to give give back a bit, and at the same time learning that it's definitely not a two way uh, sorry it's definitely not a one way thing. Sure. It's not just them coming with questions and you going this is the answer this mm-hmm. is how you do it, but taking yeah, talking to someone who who's perhaps twenty two twenty three and wanting to ask for a pay rise for the first mm-hmm. time in their career. Being a manager on the other side of that, you could very easily just go, well, that was very rude of them, or, or you know, there's yeah, no yeah. budget for that, sorry, go away. And hearing someone from outside of your, your circle mm-hmm. where you take that emotional attachment away has been really beneficial for me to then take, okay, this is trying to remember, because it feels like my early career was a long time ago, <laughs> but trying to remember trying to remember what that was like. Yeah. And if you can't, then go and learn that from someone who's who's doing that now. And and I'd like to think that one, I hopefully helped helped people improve. 
Um, and secondly, can then take that into my own management of, of sure. being a lot more understanding of those different different levels of career. And yeah, I think it's definitely, I would recommend anyone to do it, even if you're first year of your career, go and mentor someone at university yeah. or, or on an apprenticeship. And likewise, if you're at the far end of your career, you know, there's there's so many so many people you can mentor. And, and also advising people to take that opportunity as mm-hmm. well. So even if you go to, Go to an analytics event, you meet someone, you add them on LinkedIn, and it could be nine months away, but they post an interesting article and you're doing the same in your job. Fire them a message and you never know, you know what challenges did you have? How did you manage this? And they could be willing to take an hour and take you through yeah. everything. And that, that unconscious mentoring is what's I've really, really benefited from myself and tried to give to give back where where possible. Sure. And do you think there's I guess on one hand it's more important too there's more appetite for it given the way hybrid working is i mean i've, I've been in jobs where you, know, you didn't set foot in the office for nine ten months mm. you've not got those water cooler coffee machine chats has that led to a an increased appetite for mentoring do you think i think definitely definitely yeah you you you're right that that water cooler that coffee time you even just that hearing two desks down a conversation yeah. and yeah, just yeah okay, headphones out, I'm going to listen to how they're addressing this or, or hearing you know, live action mm-hmm. things happening. It could even be listening to a really heated disagreement, but, but sitting there going, okay, he's phrased that really well or, or, or she said this, this in a really, really articulate way mm-hmm. that's actually kind of killed the conversation or damn yeah. and taking those, those things and you, yeah, you can take some of that absolutely from team sessions and, and all of those things, but particularly for some businesses if you're on a siloed team all you ever experience is the same five six seven people people around you and and therefore yeah there, there's definitely more of an appetite for people to go and do that externally i think and find find people that they can learn and, and, and sure. benefit benefit from well bringing it right back around to the beginning um mm. some of the things we spoke about at the start Looking ahead to 2023, and we've touched on you know, first-party data, customer acquisition, all sorts of, of data challenges. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here and potentially tee us up for another podcast in, in January 2024. Uh, Tim, would you, would you please give us three predictions that you have for 2023 for e-com brands and, and retailers? I think personalization will be huge. Sure. I, I think it's probably number one there of across across the entire float. You know, if you are... If you are fortunate enough to have a brick of bricks and mortar store, mm-hmm. including that personalization in there, um, you know, including orders made in store in your list of orders on online, for example, that level of, I think one of your colleagues alluded to, hyper personalization yeah, yeah. is is going to be, I think, critical. I think people now expect a very very good experience online that's relevant to them, based on previous purchases, based on their size you know even to the point of the pictures of what someone's wearing mm-hmm. they want to be relevant to their sure. their size to even to, to, to their location to where they live all of these things i think are are going to be so so key and i think that's going to be a lot of brands top top priority for the year secondly i think we're going to see we touched on it earlier a lot more companies paying for data okay and i don't mean the old-fashioned way of buying databases yeah, yeah. from from third parties but actively offering discounts offering money off sure. offering a free item for giving 
an email address or for signing up or or um, yeah for, for sharing with a friend for example all of those things I think will we'll start to see that coming more and more to, to the fore more sales based on members only more discounts if you join and pretty much every every website I go to for the first time after the cookie pop up the second thing will be join the mailing list yep. 10% off you know they're they're giving away 10, you know, 10% before I've even I could be there knowing exactly what I want easily going to make mm-hmm. that purchase but that data is so crucial that they're yeah. let's get you on a list now and, and, and target that way and do you think that's, that's driven by that data no longer being as freely available or is it because there's just a, a desire for more and more granular detail mm. I think it's, it's both it's only both of yes that's becoming less and less available sure um, you're yeah, the more the more privacy regulations that come in and the more technical limitations like iOS is hide my email or yeah. transfer email those things are, are making it more and more difficult to target and the flip side of that is is yeah customers are expecting these better experiences and therefore you need that granular yeah. data in order to, to do that I think the third for me I think is is that that sustainability and that resell and recycle um, sort of market I think people are potentially in the first part of the year with the cost of living mm-hmm. being as it is there may be a bit less interest in that initially but I think that's probably the period where brands can really accelerate what, what they do and take advantage because when that interest does peak again they're in pole positions to take advantage of that we're people are becoming more aware as well and more knowledgeable you know putting a little a green logo next to a product because the material it's made from is is not enough anymore yeah. people want to know where it's made how it's made what are the factory conditions all the way through to delivery you know, is it delivered in an eco vehicle mm-hmm. is it delivered on a day when there are other deliveries nearby and therefore it's it's better for the environment and we've pretty quite rightly seen a few brands in the news for for the term greenwashing mm-hmm. you know saying something is ethical and it actually being are two very different things and quite rightly brands are, are being called out on that and i think again that's because people are becoming a lot more more savvy and then the other side of that is then yeah the, the resell the recycle you know having having traded you know get five pounds off if you you share this material with sure. us so we can recycle it or um I think there, there was a really good example of the nike bring in your old trainers and yeah, we'll yeah. re you know we'll re um re-stitch them make them make them nice again those things you know those with at a time of of mm-hmm. cost of living and, and things costing a lot and, you know even food and gas yeah everything being more expensive is is so useful you know if you need a new pair of trainers and they're x but actually you can you care about mm-hmm. you know, sustainability etc and can take your old pair and pay half the price and they're as as new why why wouldn't yeah. you do that and that's that's a really good way of again driving that that brand loyalty even if potentially the the, the brand new products you sell haven't actually hit that level mm-hmm. of sustainability yet if you can show your movement towards that with resale recycle you you will start to drive the loyalty and then can gradually work on making the rest of that flow more more effective sure and I, I think I've definitely seen seen firsthand a lot of a lot of friends uh, my wife in fact will 
is has it down to a T. We'll, we'll research everything before yeah. buying a piece of clothing to the factory everywhere. And, and But even to the point where if a brand is open about it, mm-hmm. we'll be willing to spend. Right? Sure. Even if they'll say, okay, this it's made from recycled material, fantastic. And a lot of brands will point out that fact and that's it. And you'll get some, and I, I had a really good experience with, um, I think it was Spoke, who do uh, custom-tailored clothes, yeah. basically. And they they were really open of made from recycled materials. This part, the flow of, of how it's made, we're not happy with, and we know it's not okay. good enough. And we're working on that, but we're not going to hide that fact. Sure. And therefore, you become a bit more... But like anyway, even even with mentoring, right? The more open you are, yeah. the more the more someone kind of respects that that process and respects you as a person or or brand. And yeah, we've definitely seen people people becoming a lot more aware and being more taking that into their purchase experience. Uh, and and again, going back to that perfect purchase score mm-hmm. and how it all goes, that that is part of that. You know, if sure. if I buy something that's made. Main factory that pays their workers you know, a good good salary is is shipped in a in a eco friendly way, uses good materials, and then turns up wrapped in plastic yeah. in a box that's too it defeats big. Defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Exactly. Yes, and people remember that, and people forget everything before that step. Uh-huh. Go, I'm I don't care how sustainable it is to this point. I'm not buying again because because of that. So three predictions were going personalization becoming even more important, but mm-hmm. sort of a hyper personalization extent. Yeah. Paying for data, mm-hmm. data becomes even more important. And then sustainability to sort of kick in in, in six months' time mm-hmm. for consumers, but super important for brands now. I think so, yes. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Good Growth Podcast. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, wishing you all the best for 2023 and uh, looking forward to potentially having you back in 12 months' time to see how those three predictions got on. <laughs> Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Well, it was great to have Tim on the podcast and to get his thoughts and insights. And as I said, we're looking forward to seeing how his predictions pan out and maybe having him back on to talk about how they go. If you'd like to be a guest on the Good Growth Podcast or have a topic that you'd like to hear discussed, deliberated and debated, please do get in touch. You can email us at inquiries at goodgrowth.co.uk, find us on LinkedIn or on our website, goodgrowth.co.uk. Thanks for listening.